Hey guys, welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I am your host, Jake Burns, and we are starting today's podcast uh, with a couple reminders of things we have going on this week for your Monday. So we are going to continue to really dig into draft content. If you missed over the weekend on Saturday, I had John Costco from Pro Football Focus, and then I had the day before that Matt Waldman from the RSP Boiler Room where he looks at the uh, rookie, rookie scouting portfolio content that he puts out on skill position, guys. So we're really honing in in these last uh, 17 days of, of draft content bringing you people you need to know for for the more obscure picks that will happen in this draft and you know I even mean obscure by 44 and 78 standards most of you who listen to this podcast are pretty diehard Cleveland Browns fans you have a decent feel for these names because you've heard us talk about them or you've done study of your own all of which is great okay so what we want to do continue at least looking at here is expanding 4478 into 99 and 119 we're going to get there we're starting off this 20 prospects in 20 days as a means to introduce players at 4478 and then hopefully toward the end expand a little bit so i want to go through some of those if you do know um the browns made two moves this past weekend that i have already addressed the re-signing of ronnie harrison and the signing of Josh Dobbs as the third quarterback. If you want insight on what I thought of those deals, go ahead and check out Saturday's podcast with John Costco because that's where I went into that for the first 10 minutes or so, uh, giving my opinion on those guys and those decisions. So go check that out if you have not already done so. Other things on the website this week I wanted to share with you, or sorry, this weekend, a couple pieces on Miles Garrett from Andrew Spade who does a great job for us. Uh, one of which was making a case for why Miles Garrett deserved Defensive Player of the Year over T.J. Watt. It's an interesting look at some of the data that's out there because we're so often fooled by sack numbers that we don't expand our horizon there to understand that pressure is actually it's actually more important. Consistent pressure, you know, converting sacks is important, but consistent pressure is also wildly important because that means you're disrupting things more often. So an interesting study there from Andrew, and then he did a nice job ranking Garrett's 18 sacks from this past season, too, from 18 down to 1, based on most impressive performance in a given play. So I thought that was fun. If if you're looking for positive stuff, we're trying to you know bake in all these huge decisions the Browns have made over the last whatever days, you know, 60 days now. And, and we're trying to kind of hone in, too, on, hey, uh, Miles Garrett, also really good. Denzel Ward, also really good. And trying to recap those guys' performances and what was ultimately a failed season. So we're going to try to do some of that as well. Another thing I want to touch on before we get to you know, the, the three guys that we've done in the prospect study so far is Dwayne Haskins, uh, because it's it's extremely sad, man. There are just there are just moments where you're you're – you you know you things happen and let me put it this way things happen in your life where you remember exactly where you were at the exact moment somewhere on a grand scale 911 uh, some things like that you know then there's some on a minor scale a less global impact scale obviously and you know i just was <laughs> you're sitting at your computer i'm doing my morning routine going through things and you just see across the school that Dwayne Haskins is is dead. He's he's hit. Very few details, and I just I think I'll always remember where I was sitting here at my desk when I read that news. And 
you know, Dwayne Haskins didn't have an impact on the Cleveland Browns. We all know that, but he was an Ohio State guy, and I think most of us in the Buckeye State here of Ohio have a, a, a some sort of memory of Haskins and uh, his Ohio State days, and uh, everything you gather from from Dwayne's performances as a person and a player at Ohio State were nothing but the best. Uh, period. Person, leader, player, um, everybody loved Dwayne. And while I wasn't, you know, I remember specifically having a conversation with Doug Lamarie at Cleveland.com about how I just wasn't as high on him as a draft quarterback prospect as some some people were. It it didn't change the type of guy he was at Ohio State and how he impacted people around him and how his story and it's well documented. You don't have to look hard to find it. I wrote it up this weekend in in the uh, newswire as I took over for Barry, who was out on vacation, and just the way Ohio State was so important to him. Right, it was so important to him, and that 2008 video of him as a youngster walking around the campus in one of the buildings, and I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to college here someday, and it just meant a lot to him, and. Uh, the the university he left an impact on the university and the football program and I think the uh, university did the same to him and anybody if you have a child and this reading that a 24 year old man lost his life young man lost his life is really sad it's just extremely sad and an example of how fleeting life can be you could just be doing the most simple mundane tasks and 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 it can be over out of nowhere it's just it's just sad, and I just wanted to express some sorrow and send as many positive vibes as possible to the family that's dealing with a, a tragedy there that I could not fathom dealing with. So, yeah, I just wanted to say something about Dwayne Haskins, who was just a fantastic, fantastic college quarterback and uh, broke many records, not just at Ohio State for a single season, but Big Ten records. And I think most of those will have a good chance to stand for a long time. And hopefully he gets remembered very fondly. And I think he should. He deserves that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, checking back in. We're going to close today's pod talking about the three prospects that we have written up. So the first day was Josh Pascal, the Kentucky defensive end. He's... He's different. Listen, I think he's he's a fun player in that sort of 78 range you could have him. I don't think he's a, a pick 44 player. Could be a little older, but not too old. He's at the 23, below 23 range as he sits 22.36 years old. He's a 12, 17, 99 birthday. Uh, he would be an, a, an older first pick of the draft for Cleveland, but since it's the second round, these things start to sort of get muddled a little bit. He's a 9.47 RAS score, which is really good. Great explosion grade, great 40-yard dash, so so speed grade was really strong. The 6.2.5 is a little on the short side for an edge, but the, the weight is, is solid. Okay, so the things that you like is the 91st percentile vertical jump, the 87th percentile broad jump. Those things stand out. His 10-yard split was in the 70th percentile, which compares pretty favorably draft uh, from testing profile metrics to George Karlaftis, as we know, who is a uh, pretty big prospect in this draft along the same position lines here. So the 2021 season, which is where he put together his best marks, and he was, uh, I should mention too, a little bit about him, three-time team captain, okay? He overcame, which is is, is crazy, he was over able to overcome early-stage melanoma in his foot that was identified uh, back in 2017, and he redshirted in 2018, got all the procedures done, got the skin to heal correctly, all of that. He made a full recovery to play 36 games in 19, and then, uh, for, for sorry, 36 games from 2019 to 2021. Very durable, actually, after that after that issue was caught, and they caught it early. So you like to see that. He was a second-team All-American in 2021, um, and, and, and also a second-team All-SEC guy, which tells you the depth of the SEC up front where he had uh, four and a half sacks, 22 hurries, 16 quarterback hits. He had 35 total pressures with a deflection, 16 tackles for loss and a forced fumble. Here's what Sports Info Solution says about Josh Pascal. He's a defensive lineman who moves along the defensive line in Kentucky's 3-3-5 defense. Started his career predominantly as a stand-up rush edge, but has transitioned to a down lineman in the past two seasons. Even though they mostly use an odd front in Kentucky, he'll kick out to the 5 or 7 technique and even reduce down over a zero nose over the center. Pascal overcame a year-long battle with cancer, as we talked about earlier. Three-time team captain, very well-respected. He projects best as a 4-3 defensive end who can use his strength in the run game until he matures as a pass rusher, which is, again, something Cleveland wants out of their strong side defensive end. They want a guy who can handle setting the edge in the run game and then work to gain and acquire and prove himself as a pass rusher. His versatility should allow him to reduce down in certain situations and play inside and use his power to rush over guards and centers who have less length to battle his length uh, in terms of the arm, arms and uh, torso. So he he's likely won't find himself on too many core special teams units, but that's okay if he still has his worth as an edge. Here's what Dane Brugler's The Beast says about him. He's a three-year starter at Kentucky, played defensive end and D coordinator Brad White's hybrid front scheme. He is a smart, technically sound defender with a body type and balanced athleticism uh, to shut down the run. He has the physical hands and quickness to defeat blockers as a pass rusher, but he struggles to bend the corner or win at the top of his rush. Overall, Pascal, overall, Pascal isn't a dynamic or sophisticated pass rusher, but he is polished versus the run 
and the point-of-attack instincts and football character that will be welcome in an NFL building. He's a scheme-diverse end who can be part of an NFL edge rotation, potentially down the line being more. There are highlights there of Pascal's games and uh, his best efforts. Go check those out. That's where you can get a feel. So, again, that article is available. George Pickens, which, whoo, George Pickens uh, moves the needle, right? Um, you know, a lot of comments on this one because we're, we're trying to still see what people think of these wide receivers. Pickens, obviously, out of Georgia, has dealt with uh, he's dealt with a lot of stuff in his career, a lot of injuries. But man, there are some there are some voracious run blocking elements to what he does. Uh, if you if you look out on social media, you'll see a lot of the run blocking element stuff that's out there. He's still graded really well, despite missing a significant amount of time. He's young. He's twenty one point one five years old. He's a three four of oh one birthday, so he just turned twenty one last month. 6'3", 195, good length. He's a junior out of Alabama. No awards won. He's kind of in that 44 to 78 range. I'm settling in on 44 most likely if you want Pickens because the top six or seven receivers are going to go quickly. The things that stand out for him, all right, his his height is 86 percentile, 6'3 and a quarter. You, you really like the broad jump number. The broad jump number is spectacular as far as his explosion grade goes. That's 77th percentile. And then the 40-yard dash at 447 is is pretty dang good. Here's a fun one. A C.D. Lamb comparison from an athletic profile. 86.2 match makes you feel pretty good about it, okay? So in the pass game, we're going to talk about Sports Info Solutions information about him. Pickens is normally an X receiver. I've talked about this. Really what Donovan Peoples-Jones plays right now. It's your backside split end, vertical route tree normally. And then from that vertical route tree, usually doing downfield things with some one-on-one ISO situations. You want a guy who can go up and get the football. If they're not you know, fantastic separators, go up and get the football and catch it at the high point. So he was that X receiver in Georgia's pro-style offense. Sometimes would spread it out, but occasionally he would see a handful of snaps in the slot. He tore the right ACL during spring practice, resulting in missing the first 11 games of the 01, or sorry, 2021 season. He's a long, tall frame with good body mass, solid uh, solid athletic uh, strides that get him downfield with good speed. He's also very competitive. He plays hard, tough, not only in the passing game, but a big run game blocker, which is, I think, why Cleveland would be into him. Pickens has a quality to be a number one receiver at the next level if it all comes together. Well, he still needs to improve after the catch, his ability to break free from defenders, make catches of all at all areas of the field, and assist in the run game, make him a vital piece to an NFL offense. He fits best on the outside, but he can reduce down turn into a big slot in certain formations. His skill set will allow him to be an outside near the line of scrimmage or vertically down the field on third downs. Though he rarely played special teams at Georgia, his speed, toughness, and competitive attitude would allow him to excel in most units in the NFL. Dane Brugler now, a two-year starter at Georgia uh, Georgia for Pickens. He was the ex in Todd Monken's balanced scheme. He said Pickens is a balanced athlete with fluidity at the stem and wheels to win vertically skillfully tracking the deep ball while his competitiveness is a plus. He lacks discipline in several areas of the position and lost a year of on-field development because of his injury. Overall, Pickens has a discount sticker on him after missing most of the 21 season, but he's a graceful athlete with outstanding ball tracking and 50-50 finishing skills. He has wide receiver one traits and potential if he returns to pre-injury form and continues to refine his routes. Again, you have plenty of examples of his blocking and receiving tout here. It's it's in this article. It's all there. I, I mean, I think the, the thing that you would like about a discount pick 44 for Pickens is what you read there. A couple people talking about him potentially being wide receiver one skills here. 
just the injury didn't help. All right. So that's Pickens. Make sure you check that out. Then we wrote up Sky Moore as draft pick eight. You've heard us talk about Sky Moore on all of these draft shows we've done for so long. Um, he's just, he's not even a hidden gem anymore out of Western Michigan. He's very much on the forefront. Some people have started to creep him into the first round of their drafts because of the Chiefs and the Packers having multiple late first round picks and needing wide receivers. So Pickens is kind of fighting with Dotson and some others for that six wide receiver. We'll see what shakes out. It's really going to be what people like from this position. So Moore is a threat in the Broncos offense. He stepped on the campus in 2019 and then had a 2021 season with 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns on 95 catches, playing with Caleb Ellaby, uh, who's, a, who's a nice quarterback prospect out of Western Michigan as well. Uh, obviously would be more of a Z receiver for me, so the height isn't great. The RAS score is a 7.55. The vertical's solid, broad, pretty good, over 10 feet. The 40-yard dash, 441, and he had an elite elite 10-yard split. I think he had the best 10-yard split of the class at 1.46. The thing you don't love is a guy who's going to be inside-out hybrid. He did not grade all too well in the agility scores. So those were not up to par for a guy who you think might need to be a quick separator, shifty player in the slot. So maybe more of a Z, outside Z, uh, that that flanker who's off the ball, motion a lot, Different things like that. He's he's still young. He's a he's a September 10th birthday of 2000, so he's still 21. He'll play his rookie year at 22. He's five nine and a half, 195. Leaves after his junior years. Two time first team All Mac in 19 and 21, and then for you know he's a second team All Mac player in 2020. Definitely a pick 44 range player. The stuff that is a little concerning. He's in the ninth percentile for height. We knew that at the at the five nine and a half mark. The wingspan is 18th percentile. Pretty short, okay, only 73 and 5 eighths. The arm length at 31 inches, also a low 23 percentile, but the hand size is great. 10 and a quarter, that's 94th percentile. The 10-yard split I talked about earlier is 97th percentile. The 441 is 82nd percentile. And then the broad jump is 77th percentile. But the three-cone and 20-yard shuttle at 20 and 30 percentile are not, not great. He compares... Interesting. It's under 80%, but athletically compares to Anthony Schwartz at 74.5. In this draft class, Garrett Wilson at 78.8, 76.3 from Alave, a 73.8 for uh, Stefan Diggs when he was coming out of Maryland. It's interesting. I mean, there's not a great comparison, not an 80% athlete, which tells you he's between his, his, his physical profile and the athletic profile. Not many great matches if you can't find an 80%. But you do like that there's only been four drops in his career, according to Sports Info Solutions. You really like the 95 catches in 2021 and the 1,292 yards. Pretty strong numbers after being hurt in 2020, or not really playing a bunch in 2020. He only had, I mean, he went from 86 targets in 19 to 37 targets in 20, and then to 133 targets in 2021. Here's what Sports Info Solutions says about him. Moore is exactly what any kind of offense is looking for in a slot receiver. He's able to win at the line of scrimmage, create separation through his route, and win at the catch point. He's a dangerous player with the ball in his hands and can be utilized as a gadget player, such as bubble screens, slip screens. He should be a day one player. Um, And while he projects best in the slot, early could develop into a receiver that plays across the offense, aligning anywhere. Moore has spent little time on special teams, but his skill set is that of a punt returner and physically suggests he could contribute in other areas as well. He's good fuel for soft spots in the zone as well as opening up uh, for his quarterback on broken plays. And we know how that important that'll be with Deshaun Watson. He ranks 
For Sports Info Solutions, he ranks as the 100th player overall and the ninth ranked wide receiver for him. So they're a little lower on him. Uh, Dane Brugler's The Beast has him as the 39th overall player, the seventh ranked wide receiver. So this is what Dane says about him as far as his summary. He's a three-year starter at Western Michigan, boundary receiver, slot and outside, and offensive coordinator Eric Evans' RPO-based scheme. He was a quarterback, actually coming in quarterback and cornerback out of high school, made the switch to receiver at Western Michigan. And he's a physically and mentally tough competitor. He creates route leverage with his foot quickness and extremely reliable at the catch point thanks to large, sticky hands and quick reaction ball skills. Although he isn't explosive as far as a yak threat, yards after catch, he flashes natural instincts with the ball in his hands and makes it a chore for defenders to get him on the ground. Overall, Moore might have trouble creating sizable passing windows versus NFL coverage, but he has outstanding hands, reflexes with a detail-oriented mindset to grow into a three-level threat. He projects best as an NFL slot receiver with a sprinkled little bit of playing Z in his uh, in his profile. So those are three guys we've got so far for you. We're going to have more. There's highlights of all three of those. Check it out. I just wrote up Logan Hall, which will be up very early in the morning. You can check that out tomorrow. I'll keep talking about these guys in my intro to every podcast leading up to the draft. I think it's a fun way to look at players that are going to be serious targets for the Cleveland Browns. So that's a wrap for your Monday quick hitter. Wanted to talk about those three guys. Wanted to talk a little bit about Dwayne Haskins. And I hope that, you know, I hope that you have, uh, I hope that you come to peace with some of that stuff. I don't know. Maybe it didn't impact. It impacted me. And it took me a little while to shake that off the other day. It's hard to, to keep going with your day to think that the world just keeps moving without you. And, um, yeah, you know, people that you spend a lot of time watching and talking about and all of that, it's, it's a challenge. So, um, hope you find uh, some, some, some peace and moving on from that. And hopefully his family, we wish them and all of those as teammates and, and all of those folks who were so impacted by Dwayne and, and knew him so well can find some peace as well. So, uh, yeah, you know, this back to this measly website, we'll have three shows on Twitch for you this week. We will have some content up. Uh, like I said, a lot of draft content, dueling mock shows, uh, your everyday 20 prospects. And then we'll start digging in a little bit more at some other positions here with just three weeks now until the draft, which is crazy how close we are. This is the home stretch. So, Listen, everybody have a great Monday. Thanks for checking out today's show, listening in on these prospects. More draft content to come, I promise. Check out the OBR website, Twitch. Thanks for checking in on this podcast, guys. Be well. Have a great Monday. Go Browns.